Let's go geocaching. <laughs> this is it. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast, where you can escape the muggles in your life for almost, but not quite, 30 minutes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four State Geocaching Society and was recorded at Digital Planet Studios near Joplin, Missouri. Now let's welcome our host, Where Is It Now? Good morning, everybody. It's that time again. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching podcast. This is episode number 111, 111. Today we have a special guest. It's been full of calamity trying to get her on. All my fault for not understanding how time works. And then we had some internet difficulties, but let's bring her on. We're having Annie Love from HQ today. Good morning. Hi. Is it morning where you are? It is still morning in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Good <laughs> Lord. Well, we've had some fiascos trying to get you on here, and I apologize. That's all right. Third time's a charm, right? They probably make you be nice at HQ, huh? <laughs> no, I think we just hired nice people. So, um. oh, that's it. I was, I was generally so... everyone's nice there. So, yeah. Well, to fill everybody in, I, like I said, I failed to understand time, which I don't know. When I was younger, I understood time really well, <laughs> but I had our times mixed up and our time zones, and I was okay. off an hour and then two hours and. Then our internet crashed the next time. <laughs> this is the third time. Welcome to the podcast. There's no pressure yeah, here, said, but have you ever heard the podcast at all? Uh, no, not yet. So um, I, okay. I've i been meaning to to listen. So I guess today, today's my first one. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you can at least listen to yourself. Don't sweat it. A lot of my guests have never heard of it. And that's okay. We're yeah. still the new kids on the block. Yeah, that's okay. There's lots of great podcasts about about our fun game out there. So I know, and I listen to all of them. It's crazy. Yeah. It's very yeah. time consuming. <laughs> Mostly, I listen while I'm geocaching. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, so you work at HQ. Is that what you call it? Yeah, geocaching. When HQ. you're telling people. Um, yep. Yep. Geocaching HQ. Um, sometimes, if I'm telling people who aren't familiar with the game, I'll just be with the headquarters for geocaching or, you know, the, the company that manages right. the, the site and the apps. So, yeah. Well, do, do you find that a lot of geocachers have jealousy towards your occupation? There, there are definitely some, um, I, I, I have to say, I still pinch myself that I get to work there. So, cause it, I was a yeah. geocacher before, uh, I started working there and it was just kind of a, I didn't even know it was a dream of mine to work there, but um, it is a dream come true now that <laughs> now that I'm there. So, well, that's uh, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. How long have you been there? Uh, so I just hit 17 years. So, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm one of the longest, uh, you know, continuous lackeys at the company. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Where did the name Lackey come from? Uh, so it's basically, I think it came up from the forums, the geocaching forums back in the day. And it, it was basically, you know, that we're, we're the servant to the community, you know, so we're, we're trying to help build tools that'll make geocaching easier for the community. And so, you know, it's just more of a service thing and, and mm -hmm. honestly, a, a term of endearment, um, even though it tends to sometimes have a, a negative con connotation, we we love the name, you know, or at least I do. And I'm mm -hmm. proud to be a lackey. And it's just kind of fun when the community 
you know, you're at an event and they're like, hey, it's a lackey over there, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a kind, kind of a fun, easy way for us to connect. You know, we've got lackey written across our shirt. So so people know who we are right away at a at a bigger event. So you're kind of like royalty at events. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's funny because, you know, I'm a, I'm a geocacher like I I'm I'm as much of a employee and lackey, I'm also a, a player just like everyone else. And so it's, I'm like, no, I mean, this is, this is what I would enjoy doing. So why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, now were you in, were you at Yuma? Um, I wasn't in Yuma this year. I was in Yuma last year. I did make it to the Bamarama, so Alabama's first mega. So yeah. Um, and I think, I think my next mega is going to be Spring Fling in Los Angeles. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if I saw you or not. I saw three lackeys uh, all mm-hmm. together talking oh, yeah. at Yuma. Yep. <laughs> and they were all females. And I, I thought, well, maybe. What are the odds? Maybe she yeah. was there. No, wasn't me. <laughs> so, okay. definitely, um, you know, I, I was I was definitely having some uh, FOMO, fear of missing out um, <laughs> for all the lackeys that did go to Yuma because uh, that was a really fun event last year. I really liked the area. It was so mm-hmm. nice. It's my first time being there. Yeah. Well, and for us in Seattle, we don't see the sun a whole lot this time of year. So, mm-hmm. you know, those getaways where you can go out to the desert, see some sunshine and, you know, find some caches that, you know, when it's not pouring rain, that's that's kind of nice. <laughs> my experience in Seattle, and I, I'm going to, I'm not very. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Okay. I'm going to try to go back to what I was saying. When, okay. when I uh, was in Seattle, I made two two huge mistakes. One is I was within a, within a block of HQ and oh, didn't no. know it. And I was yeah. geocaching. <laughs> so I don't know how reason that happens. Back, I, I, I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, reason. But the other thing I was going to say is it seems like in Seattle, you guys have a whole new difficulty rating or different difficulty rating than we do where I live. And much harder and so yeah um yeah so the one thing that i found you know just my caching travels around the world is that um you know i i've done some terrain caches that were high terrain that in some places that i'm like yeah that's not really that high a terrain and others where i'm like oh that that i'd actually raise a little bit more um same with difficulty i know some puzzles we have some we have some good puzzlers in this uh, in this city, and so most of the the puzzle caches uh, have me scratching my head because I just have no clue. And right. um, you know, I I definitely have to team up with others to be able to solve those uh, to find most of the local um, puzzles. But uh, yeah, it's it it just kind of varies, and I think a lot of folks will pick a difficulty or terrain based off of other caches they find in their area. So then it's right. Of, you know, becomes a regional thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I really felt it when I was there in Seattle, like mm-hmm. uh, like maybe the geocache. I, I left thinking the geocachers here must be a lot better at finding caches than we are. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I think sometimes it's just, you know, especially in Seattle, you know, the urban environment of Seattle, you have to be really like you have to be really good with hiding your caches so that they mm-hmm. uh, don't get muggled. They, you know, they're there. And then just uh, there's a lot of creative hiders that want to do something that just blends in kind of perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it definitely makes it for more of a challenge. 
Oh, well, that's okay. Yeah. I'll come yeah. back. And of course, I think the next time I was in Seattle, I couldn't get into HQ. So it's, it's always something with yeah. me. Yeah. You know? Well, well, we're, we're back open, you know, um, that we were closed for some COVID times and, uh, right. but we're back open to visitors again and you just have to schedule your visit, I think 24 hours in advance on the, on the cash. Well, that's page, not so. bad. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. I'm going to yeah. do it. And if you're there, I'll wave at you if they Sounds let me. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us about your personal, your geocaching. Like what's your geocaching name? Yep. Uh, caching name's Love. It's my last name. Um, so that was easy enough. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, I like to say sometimes all you need is love and geocaching. So, uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I but yeah, I've, I've been caching since 2004. Um, my dad got me into the game. He was he was kind of obsessed as some folks get with the game and I kept hearing about it, kept hearing about it. And, you know, finally on my um, uh, graduation day from Boise State University, I said, hey, let's let's take the family out geocaching and, and dad can show us this game. And so uh, that was the first time I found a couple caches. I didn't have an account, um, so I didn't log those, but um, it was later in the year. It was around my birthday. I, I said, hey, dad, do you think you could get me a GPS? You know, because that was mm -hmm. uh, before smartphones uh, could could be easily used for geocaching. Um, and uh, so then I, I would just, you know, go for hikes or just kind of explore different parts of Seattle because I was new to the area. And it was a really great way for me to discover the city or just to feel a little bit more confident on a hike that if I got lost in the woods that I could find my way back to my car. Um, so and then just add kind of a fun element to a hike, uh, finding a cache on the top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. Did any so did you have brothers and sisters or do you? I have, I have a brother. Um, he cached for a little bit. Um, funny story. He, uh, he, he, he played the game for a little bit and then just kind of lost interest. Um, and <laughs> several years after that, he found a, a trackable that was, yeah. uh, <laughs> accidentally fell under the seat of his car and so he he felt terrible he's like annie do something with this and so um i got it moving back in the game several years after uh the the owner thought it was gone for good and so it was uh, i think they were kind of happy when when that started moving again but it was just like oh shoot <laughs> that, that should have been traveling all this time but it was traveling in his car so yeah well, it's funny how I wondered if, when you said the family went out, I thought, well, how many of you are still doing or got into it? But it was just you and your dad. huh? Yeah, um, we all have accounts. Um, my mom's gone geocaching sometimes on her own, but but it's usually my dad um, and myself. So and I've, I've certainly been the one to to really take off with the game. Um, so, you know, he he lives in North Idaho. He's cached out a lot of the area around there. So it's more when he travels that he'll geocache, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm working on goals all the time. So yeah, I'm, I'm out there fairly regularly. I know. I see that. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> jealous and, and listen, I'm, I'm very blessed. I get to travel a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. And yet when I follow you, I'm going, dang it, she's over there and doing this and doing that. And yeah, it's not often I'm jealous of somebody's travel, but I am jealous of yours. You're getting yeah. ready. To, uh, so you're one of those crazy people. And this is my own definition. Yeah. People that like to walk, you know, oh, that I enjoy see. hiking and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love outdoors and maybe because I'm older, but I'm not a big hiker, mm -hmm. but you're getting ready to like walk. Is it like 20,000 miles? I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> it's only 200 miles. <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I discovered, um, I, I've always loved hiking. I love walking. Um, and uh, I threw the game and this was, this was uh, probably 2000 and eight that I learned about this, um, maybe 2007, um, I learned about a, a geocaching trail over in Spain on um, an, an existing trail called the Camino de Santiago. So it's a it's a popular uh, pilgrimage, you know, for uh, folks from the European area, just, you know, back in the day, they would walk from their home all the way to Santiago. And um, it apparently some local geocachers had put a power trail, a, a walking power trail on one section of the Camino de Santiago. And it was, I don't know, it was several hundred caches, if not over a thousand. And it was just like, wow, blown away, you know, because that was, that was kind of in the earlier days of caching. And so to see it, you know, that big of a trail was, was really cool. And um, because of that, I did some reading up on what the Camino was and just you know, the fact that people, you know, religious or otherwise go, go on this big adventure and you can, you know, make it as long or as short as you want. There's several different routes to get to Santiago. So I've, um, I've walked it three times already with two different routes. Uh, one of them mm -hmm. was 500 miles across Spain. Um, and then I've done the Portuguese route twice, which is 150 miles from Porto up to Santiago. And um, so in May, I'm going to be walking the Camino Primitivo. So uh, it'll be from the north part of Spain near the coast down mm -hmm. into Santiago. So it's going to be up and down a lot of mountains. Um, I don't know that there will be many caches to find on this this section, but I'll I'll see what there is and, and hopefully get a few along the way. Well, yeah. are you going to take some to hide? No, no. Um, so yeah, generally, you know, if I had, if I still had my virtual available or whatever, something like that might be interesting. But yeah, if if you're not able to maintain a cache, you shouldn't you shouldn't place one in in another location that you're not regularly visiting. And I, as much as I love getting to Spain, I don't get there often enough to maintain right, a cache right. there. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I I might consider hosting an event potentially. Um, yeah. Usually when I'm I'm there, I'm just so busy walking that it's hard to you know know what day I'm going to be in what location. So it's harder to to host an event. But um, certainly got some you know geocaching friends in in that area that it would be fun to to catch up with but right well that sounds crazy to me but yeah. i'm so excited for you yeah um, no, i'm looking forward to it so when you're walking how, how many days will it take 13? uh i'll probably do this over it'll be between 13 and 15 days i might um i might extend the route a little bit if i can um mm -hmm. so we'll see but yeah minimum 13 days of walking so, so probably 15 I'll miles a day and are there places to sleep at night or are you camping? Uh, no, it's um, there are albergues, which are very, very similar to a hostels. Um, so it's shared sleeping environment. So there's a bunch of bunk beds. Um, mm -hmm. Usually there's a kitchen so you can, you know, make a meal. Um, and typically on the Camino, they're very inexpensive. So they can be okay. anywhere from, they could be donativo or free uh, to, um, you know, five to 10 euros a night for a bed. And then, you know, usually, usually a day on the Camino, you're, you're spending about 30 euros. So about 30, 30, $35. Um, and, and that's all your meals and your lodging for the evening. So, 
and you're getting to meet um, other other walkers from all over the world, which is which is fantastic. And I would say that it's a very similar community to the geocaching community. You know, it's uh, mm -hmm. like geocachers, Camino folks love to talk about the Camino <laughs> and uh, love to, you know, just like they get obsessed with it. They, you know, it's it's very, very similar, very nice and welcoming community. Like, like. Do people is like, is there a kind of a time of year that people tend to do it or is it just constant? Uh, some some folks go year round. The only thing is that not all the albergues are open all year round in some places. So uh, you either have to choose a route that's a little bit more mild temperature um, or um, or just understand that you might be getting hotels as opposed to albergues. Um, mm -hmm. Some sometimes, you know, the the uh, Camino Frances that starts in the the by the border of France and Spain, uh, you go over the Pyrenees mountains. And so it, there are parts of that that are far too dangerous to pass over in the winter time. So they, mm -hmm. I think they actually even close off one of the routes just because it goes up high in the mountains. And so there'd be a lot of snow and you're not typically, it's not like you're climbing Rainier. So you've got all the proper gear for, for that type of climbing when you go. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that part of me that wants to go experience something like that. But then mm -hmm. there's that other part of me that knows that I would be so worn out and tired. <laughs> I, I'm probably too old. I think that's no, the thing. You're, you're but, definitely not. There's, there's, uh, there's people far older than you that I'll see on the trail. So I bet their bodies are younger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. The, the cool thing, and this is another similarity with the geocaching community is that, um, you know, there's a little something for everyone. Some some folks walk just a short distance each day. Um, some folks walk, you know, 15 miles a day or more. Um, I, I met a guy one time that was walking 40 miles a day on the Camino because he had limited time and he was a very, very fit person. And I was like, cool, if that's what you want to do. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's like you we met him, had a nice meal with him. And it's like, well, we're not going to see you tomorrow. So have fun, um, you mm -hmm. know, whereas you know, most people going the, the same uh, pace, you know, you'll get to see the same folks day after day after day. But, gotcha. but yeah, with geocaching, you know, same thing. You can choose your own adventure. You can you can mm -hmm. say, hey, I want to hike up to the top of a mountain. Or you can just say, you know what? I like the park and grab in a parking lot because that's, you know, that's what what works for me and it gives me a smiley and gets me out of the house so absolutely i understand well i'm going to keep it in mind i i was thinking back you know i have horses and my horse walks 15 miles a day oh yeah yeah so i'm thinking <laughs> i don't know if i could do that or not but maybe who knows yeah, yeah. i'll bring him All right there you go and you can actually walk the or walk the camino on horseback as well oh so well that I've would certainly seen people do that <laughs> i would enjoy that yeah okay yep. let's switch to geocaching for a minute sure. let's Talk to me about like where some places that you've really enjoyed, not just the caching, but to see the places because of the caching. Yeah, um, I you know part of part of the job is is I have fortunate um, the ability to um, to travel. You know, will represent the company at different mega events, and I usually get to travel once or twice a year to a mega event uh, on the company. So that's gotten me to several locations around Europe. Um, just for example, last year, I got to go up to Norway um, to, mm -hmm. 
to to the Arctic Circle part of Norway in the summertime. So it was midnight sun. So you had the sun 24 hours a day. And it was just an incredible experience. I mean, the fjords there, the mountains, um, just the people were amazing. The food was amazing. And, you know, it was it was kind of cool because they like to do a lot of like tree climbs or, you know, just things hidden up in a tree. So you need the extension pole to get, get the cache down. Um, you know, and so got to, got to experience, you know, their type of geocaching, which, you know, we don't have as many tree climbs in, in the Seattle area. So, um, that was really fun. Um, Australia, same thing, you know, just going into the outback in the middle of the night with a bunch of geocachers. That was, that was a, a blast. Um, I, I had visited, Sorry, I'd lived in New Zealand for studying abroad in college, and I wasn't a geocacher until the year later. <laughs> and so, um, it, a few years back, I got to go back on a on a vacation, personal vacation, and got to like discover a lot more of the country through geocaching. And so, right. um, yeah, just you know, especially in New Zealand, Earth caches can take you to some really incredible spots in that country. And um, yeah, so it's. Um, Whenever I go anywhere, I use geocaching as my tour guide. So I'll I'll look up the high favorite point caches. I'll look up earth caches, and and then I go look at the pictures and say, oh yep, that's a that's a spot I want to go to. And and it's nice because you get like the local perspective and not necessarily just the tour guide that's going to lead you to the same tourist spots. So absolutely, I love that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I even well, I was going to say even with my wife who geocaches. Um, against her will um <laughs> we'll be driving down a road in almost any town any state and i'll go hey there's a waterfall over there well how do you know that it's like well, well you know that's the cash told me <laughs> that's where i went to yeah yeah um so i always ask people this and you've been geocaching for 17 ish years how many finds do you have um so i'm at just under 19,000 finds. So cool. I've, um, I started slow, you know, I was originally hand in, inputting the, uh, the coordinates in a GPS. Yeah. So a, a geocache outing, a big day for me back when I started would have been five caches. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't think that I would enjoy power trail caching. I, I thought I was more just the nature caching and, you know, like, like find one mm -hmm. or two quality, you know, high quality caches and call it a day. But then I went on a power trail cache and just, or power trail outing with some some geocaching friends and had an absolute blast. And it was just kind of neat, the camaraderie of the group, um, you know, just kind of like testing your limits as, as to what mm -hmm. your patients can handle <laughs> for a long day of geocaching and uh, being out, you know, we were, the first one I did was the ET highway in Nevada and just being out in the desert, you know, seeing wild, horses running through there's free range cattle you know here and there there's old um you know old west like ghost sites and stuff like mm -hmm. that and you're just like this is really cool and um certainly it's not how i want to cash all the time but um, right. that's, that's definitely padded my numbers over the years when when i have gone on those those fun et highway it's i love that and mm -hmm. i've only been twice and i've been alone both times yep so I've purposely limited how many I found because yep. it's still in my plans for my friend and I to go there. Yeah, but no, I can see definitely where definitely better with company when you're out in the middle yeah. of nowhere like that. <laughs> I think it would be like a team uh, Olympic event. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah. Like how many Olympics. can you do? 
How many yeah. did you find on the ET highway? Do you remember? Uh, so it was 2,400 caches over four days. Um, right. So we had uh, one, one day we were, we started caching at 8 a.m. and we finished at 1.30 a.m. the next morning. So, um, and it, we were, you know, we were pretty methodical about it, um, you know, trying to get the, go down this road at this time and then you come back that way and mm -hmm. have to go back to, you know, X spot to get gas. Um, lodging's not, not nearby. So um, mm -hmm. you have to keep in mind how far you are away from, you know, where food is, water is, uh, lodging all and gas. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's kind of fun also that, that planning aspect of, you know, how are you going to tackle something like that? And, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, the, the caches aren't, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty simple caches, but it's, it's just that experience of, you know, working together with a group of people that you, you enjoy hanging out with and, you know, just doing something kind of silly. Um, so, and yeah, it's, uh, it's not for everyone. That's, that's for sure. But, um, you know, if, if, if you do enjoy kind of those group outings like that, that's, that's a, a really fun thing to try. But I think so too. I think everybody listening is going to go, I should go to the ET highway with all my friends. <laughs> yeah. I, I would think you should, but okay. you said something really important there because I know I didn't, you've really got to plan lodging more than anything yep. and gas too. Yeah. Water, take more water than you think you would ever need. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think there's actually a, a website that kind of gives you the tips um, for what to do, but yeah, it's uh you don't realize when you're out in the desert, like how dehydrated you are. You won't feel dehydrated until it's too late, you know? Mm -hmm. And so plenty of snacks, plenty of water. Um, you know, we, we ended up that we had two cars, we had five people and two cars. And that was kind of gave me a, a sense of um, feeling safer, just being out in the mm -hmm. middle of nowhere where we were far away from cell coverage, you know, and had, had a car broken down, you know, some of us would have had to walk a really long way because these are, these are roads that you're not going to see another car on unless it's right. maybe coming through, but <laughs> exactly, um, but you can't always count on that. So um, that, that kind of made me feel comfortable knowing that like, if, you know, if one car broke down, um, you know, we could all hop in the other car to go get help for the, you know, and, um, and, and again, like I said, just the, it's, it's a lot of work and uh, tiring. And so to be able to like, you know, rotate who's, who's running out for the cash, who's, you know, stamping the log, you know, who's mm -hmm. driving um, that, that part um, definitely kind of helps keep the enjoyment there. <laughs> so. Absolutely. What month of the year did you go? I, I was in October. So it was, okay. it was a good time of year to go. Not, not too terribly warm. Um, so that was good. So I did I, January and got sunburnt. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, you gotta, gotta be mindful of the sun, no matter what. <laughs> no yeah, matter what yeah. mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to give you a few minutes to, well, okay. I'm going to tell you something I'm going to ask you last. Okay. okay. So you can be thinking while I'm asking you other questions, if you yeah. can do both at the same time, before okay. we leave, the last thing I want to ask you today is, can you think of one cash whether it's the place the cash is or the cash that you would recommend people kind of mm -hmm. look up and think about. Okay. Okay. So we'll ask that at the end. And if you can't think of anything, mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to go back to your lackey life mm -hmm. and ask you what, what is your job at HQ? What do you do? Yeah. So I, um, I work in business development at HQ. I, I started, so 
17 years ago working the front desk. So if you were a, a early visitor to, to HQ, um, we used to have visits on Fridays at 2 p.m. only. Um, so that, that would have been me welcoming you in, in the doors of, of geocaching HQ. Um, I, <laughs> I, I majored in political science, so this was not necessarily the, uh, <laughs> the career path I was expecting. But like I said, I, I kind of accidentally fell into my dream job. Um, and so I've just, I've worked, um, on several different projects over the years there. So I've, uh, I manage our trackables program. So if, if you have anything trackable somehow, I've generated the code or worked with the, the vendor, um, you know, if they had questions and needed a design approved. Um, I also manage our API partner program. So if you use, um, if you use, uh, the, the amazing tools that some of those partners make, you know, like Cashly, GeoGo, Project GC, um, you know, TB Scan, uh, GSAC, you know, so I, I work with those partners. I'm, I'm not a developer by any means, but I'm sort of just like the, the, the conduit to help them get what they need to create more tools for geocachers. Um, and then, uh, let's see what else. Yeah, business development. We manage our um, any trackable promotions. So if you you saw the SpongeBob promotion, Jeep promotion back in the day, um, mm -hmm. any anything like that. That's um, you know where you can win one of those trackables. Geo tours, um, uh, partner adventure labs, and then just whatever else might be coming up. So we we love to work with different brands to see how we can um, either provide fun things for the community or um, you know kind of get the word out about geocaching in a, in a fun way um, with new new audiences that might might enjoy the game as well. So um, I also manage our <laughs> logo licensing program. So if you're if you're wanting to use Signal the Frog on something, a commercial item or anything like that, I would I would be the the resource um, to connect with. Uh, yeah. So do a little bit of everything. Um, Pretty much all of my job titles didn't exist at the company <laughs> until like we grew and grew and grew. And then it's like, oh, hey, here's a new title. Oh, hey, you, <laughs> you manage this, you do that. So, um, so yeah, my I would just say that there's a lot of variety for my job, which is really kind of uh, nice. It's not, nothing's, no days. Um, the same as the day before. So. Well, that's good. It's not like being on assembly line. So you yep. get a lot of things to try right. I shameless plug well actually it's not a plug for me yeah. but the developer of GeoGo uh, spirit mm -hmm. guide yeah. is only 12 blocks away from me oh, now. That's awesome. yeah we're friends and we're both from oh, Joplin Missouri yeah well give him my best next time you see him <laughs> I will see him Tuesday yeah all right <laughs> um what else was I going to ask you I was thinking about something you said Oh, I don't know. I will say this. Did you yeah. have anything to do with the signal souvenirs? Do you have anything to do with that? Like the souvenir that, things? That's not me. Um, so the, the, um, you mean the, those digital souvenirs for the current promotion with, um, signal. Yeah. yeah so the, that would be our marketing team. Um, so they really look to try to find ways to keep people engaged and excited for the game. Um, you know, and I, I know souvenirs, some people love them. Some people are like, meh, whatever. I don't need it. I, I'm just going to cash no matter what. So, uh, to each their own. Um, but yeah, the, the cool thing about it for me is that there are some times where it pushes me to get out of the house and, and be like, Hey, I'm not cashing a whole lot this month, but I want to get that souvenir or, um, you know, and it's just kind of, 
I know some of the promotions have driven me to find more cash types that I don't normally go for, which is kind of fun. You, mm-hmm. you get the ones that are a higher point value in those promotions. And so it's like, okay, fine. I'll go do multis, even though they're not my favorite. <laughs> so, right, right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm always like amazed with what they come up with. And it really feels like, um, you know, just when I, wandering around the Facebook groups for geocaching. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that get really excited about those and like the opportunity of, Oh, what caches am I going to find for this, this promotion? So I can get that souvenir. So, um, I really yeah. like it. I think it's yeah. done a lot for the game. I think that mm-hmm. when they started doing that, I, I quit going for all traditionals and started mm-hmm. mixing up what yep. I did and where I went. Well, yep. I'm so far behind right now. Now mm-hmm. you, this broadcast, what, air on uh march first no okay. april first april yeah. fool's day oh all right <laughs> we didn't even say that we should trick somebody with something <laughs> yeah. but uh that's the day it's over with so yeah. okay. uh i have a we're recording this a week early ish mm-hmm. and so i uh i have a week to get three-fourths of all the points i need i'm nervous about it okay <laughs> i'm heading to florida <laughs> tomorrow and i'll be there for a week and right and it's a good I'll way just, to to Going a new place is a good way to find a lot of fresh caches. That you have. I wish it was a new place. Oh, it's not, okay. <laughs> this is a place I go to all the time and I've cashed okay. it out. I have to drive an hour like right. I do here at home. But anyway, it's going to yeah. be great, yeah. except for I'm going alone. Yeah. And I certainly would rather cash with other folks. Yeah. Um, well, let me see what time it is. Oh, we went over. We went yeah. like nine <laughs> minutes. That's okay because... <laughs> I want to act like I own the place and I can do what I want. <laughs> but right. have you thought about my question about a cash that you would kind of yeah. spotlight? Um, so I, I would say I don't want to highlight just one cash, but I want to highlight a, a type of cash. Um, okay. And that's just oldest caches. Like uh, that's one thing that I'm, you know, with, uh, with each of the States, I'm, I'm slowly trying to find the oldest cache in each state. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also still working on my, my triple and quad Jasmine. I want to finish those this year, but, um, I would say 99.9% of the time when you go to an oldest cache somewhere, it's a really cool cache, you know, because mm-hmm. those, those early days where people would, oh, I need to put it way out where, you know, no one, no one else except for geocachers are going to come to this spot. And, um, I've just found some incredible places because of that. And so, you know, and, and I, and I say that because, you know, you probably have listeners all over the world. And so, uh, getting, you know, getting to, to my cash that I would recommend, you know, say in Washington state or something is not going to be accessible for everyone. But if you can look up, you know, what, what the oldest cash is in your country or state or region, you know, and try to go find that if you haven't already, um, you know, I've been to some old caches in Europe, including GC40 in Belgium. I've been to Europe's first in, in Ireland. Um, I've been to the oldest in Denmark near Copenhagen, uh, the oldest in Germany, and just phenomenal locations. So, mm-hmm. so you, you really can't go wrong by by searching out those, those, uh, <laughs> those special ones. Um, and they're usually easy to find on the map because they'll have a lot of favorite points. <laughs> well, that's a great recommendation. I, I love that. I, it's something I've been working on. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky because I drive. Of course, when you said they're always, you know, they're usually out of the way. I thought Mingo's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still haven't been to Mingo, even though. It's oh, not- <laughs> my gosh. Well, I that's, drive that's past my goal Mingo. For later this year. 
<laughs> I drive past Mingo about twice a month. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like just on the road, just park your car and step out of your car and you're at Mingo. Yeah. Yep. No, there's definitely some that there's not a big challenge to them, but then they're, mm -hmm. you know, um, I would say Potter's Pond in, in Utah, it was like, go way up into the mountains and then you go on this hike in this beautiful location and you're just like, where am I? This is, this is amazing. And, and there's this special old cache there. So, um, yeah. Um, anyway, it's just, uh, just, I, I think it's a special part of the game is those, those kind of like treasured caches like that. Great recommendation. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish I would have asked you or anything you want to say before we go? Um, I don't know. I just, um, you know, it's, we're coming on summer, you know, event season, more, more megas and, and more events in general, you know, cash in trash out seasons on right now. It's, uh, uh, it's just always fun for me to connect with geocachers at, at different mm -hmm. events, you know, and I, you know, because geocaching is my hobby, I'm going to lots of events, you know, personally, not, not just as a, not always going to have my lackey shirt on representing the company, but I'm, I'm always happy to, you know, talk about, what I do or, or what's happening at the company. So um, okay. I just look forward to seeing folks out there this summer and, um, and beyond. So I'm yeah. sure they look forward to meeting you as well. Annie, yeah. thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Well, thank and, you for having me. <laughs> and thanks for having so, you know, trying so hard over so many attempts. So. <laughs> I figured it would work out eventually. So, you know, it's like, right. it's a uh, DNFs and geocaching. You, you got to keep going back till you get the, get the find. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, thank yep. you so much, Annie. Yep. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Hey everybody. Just a little plug. I am, uh, I, I mentioned before that I'm going to be going to Germany, Austria, and the Netherlands here pretty soon. I just found out I'm going to be playing a concert in Hamburg, Germany and that's all I know so far. I don't know exactly where I'm playing at, but I know it's at an event. And so for my German uh, listeners, I will update this so you guys know where we are. Maybe you can come by and, and meet me and we can say hi. Okay, guys, thanks for coming. I'll see you later. See you in two weeks. You've been listening to the Where Is It Now Geocaching podcast. Please subscribe. Rate us five stars in your reviews and tell your friends about the podcast. Now, be good lads and lassies and go and find a geocache.